Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Oregon Ducks continue winning, but Utah is up next. The Oregon State Beavers are in the mix for the Pac-12 title, but they have to survive what's always a scary trip to Arizona. The Blazers get their season started, and I guess we'll probably talk some more Taylor Swift because I'm doing this podcast with a Swifty. Brandon Green, welcome to the Oregonian Sports Podcast. I'm Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian, joined by Brandon Green, the, the, the Swifty, the resident Swifty. Brandon, how are you? How are you? There are resident Swifty. <laughs> I just want to say, like, in terms of Swifties, I'm definitely on the minor side. Like, I love Taylor Swift. I love her music. I'm very excited. 1989 re-release coming out this Friday. Let's go. Um, very excited about that. Uh, you you but don't want me to play it up? Yeah, I would just up say, like, I mean, I mean, you can if you want, but I just, I, there well, are people that are more dedicated than I. However, but you, you, but yes. okay, but you still, are yeah. Swift. Okay, you're, and that's fine. And there's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, I've, but, I've, you know, I, I, I'm in the generation of Taylor Swift. You know, like Taylor Swift, her first album. I remember driving to school with my carpool group when her first album came out, and four girls all blasting I'm, our song. I'm not. I'm not hating. I'm not so hating. But go. before we get to our rundown, don't forget you can subscribe to our subtext feature where you can receive insider content from myself, Bill Orm, and other reporters straight to your phone. The Oregonian staff coming to you directly via your phone. Who wouldn't want that? All you have to do is send a text to 503-386-0095 and you will receive a link that once you click it, you could start your two-week trial. We are hyping this out. We're gonna push this thing. We're going to have ducks and content and beavers content and timbers content and blazers content and every other kind of content you can think of coming directly to you. All right, here today we've got a lot on the rundown, man. This might be like a five-hour show. But, (laughs) Brennan, let's start with those ducks. Now, you didn't cover that game. I didn't cover that game, but I was there. This is a side note. I was there because it was parents' weekend. My daughter, Taryn, is now a duck. Ah. And so... That makes me a duck mm-hmm. dad. And that was only the fourth time in my life I've attended an Oregon game without working the game. And I even said, screw it, and bought me an eggshell ducks hat and wore it. I, I know, I know. And people were like, can you do that? Wow. I'm like, yeah, I'm paying tuition. I can do this. <laughs> so I sat in the stands. Here's the thing, too. I am a press box snob. There's no doubt about it. I am spoiled. I want my food. I want my comfy seat. 
I want a latte in Seattle. You cover Seahawks games, right? They've got a latte bar, you know what I'm saying? The best food spread ever, too. Mm. Oh. Right? Yeah, they crush they, it, right? They, they crush yeah, it there. I don't have to deal they with the crush. weather. I'm not a rain I'll guy. I'm not a that. cold guy. But it was fun. Like, I had fun sitting out there. One, open air was nice. It was chilly, but not too bad. And my seats, section 25, row 66, were up a little bit, but not compared to the press box. It was a better seat than the press box seat. And it was just fun being out there, and especially when, you know, during, like, when they play the uh, the Oregon song, what's it called? I Left My Heart in Oregon. Bru- mm-hmm. Bru- yeah. Coming home. That's always been brilliant. That, every time I've ever seen watched that while covering a game, and then on Saturday, I always get chills. It's just amazing. It's a perfectly edited. It's a beautiful piece of, you know, fan sports art it's it's just amazing and then of course yes. the uh oh my god yeah get a little louder now get a little bit quiet that shout geez yeah sorry shout I, yeah i know i've only been there for like 80 <laughs> wow. of them but i forgot the name for a second um that was pretty cool being in the crowd as opposed to being in the stands so anyway i had fun uh playing the man in the stands role and i will probably do it again because i got a kid going there all right so the game itself Ducks started out slowly. That's okay. Things happen. You're not going to blow out teams right away. Sometimes you got to get things going. And I'm going to give 100% credit to Washington State. After getting blasted 44-6 by Arizona, they came in with a very methodical, careful game plan that moved the ball. They played some solid defense to keep themselves in it until Oregon's overwhelming talent just took over and they finally won. But what was your take from that victory wasn't dominant until the end but still a solid win over a pretty decent team yeah it took Oregon a little bit to kind of kind of get going you know I I uh it was one of those games where I didn't feel quite comfortable leaving my house at halftime so I did my my makeup for tv (laughs) here while I was watching the game which I found out boy didn't didn't even think this through, but what a great call by me. I have a big mirror in my living room that I can like look at the mirror and then look at the game. Look at the mirror, look at the game. I'm looking at it right now. And I'm like, oh, this is this is great. Then why didn't I why didn't I think of this before? This is genius. This is which I so I found a new way to to watch football and also That's be important. productive for my job. Um but anyways, um yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those games where right. they took care of business. And I, I saw some ridiculous stat against, like, non-top 10 AP teams. They've won a ridiculous – I forget what the actual right. number is. They've won straight. And I will give Oregon this. They do not fall. They have proven time and again. They do not fall when it is against a team of lesser caliber talent. And that, I, I mean, you know what? Like, see, there's too many teams I, to do yeah, that. You're talking to a duck historian here, you know, right away. I know. Well, I'm saying, I'm recent? saying recently. Recent? I'm saying in recent memory. Two years? Recent, okay. Yeah, a few years, okay. Not like, you know, I'm not saying, okay, hi. I grew up an Oregon fan. I was there when they lost to Stanford, remember, okay, with Joey Harrington. Do you remember lost to Arizona State? In 2021, when they lost, they lost yes, to Stanford very... two weeks after beating Ohio State. And last year, yeah, when that they blew bad. that lead at Oregon State. Bad, bad, bad. I'm just saying. I know, but Go it ahead. was. I'm saying it was against. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm saying that they, they don't lose to bad teams, or to, 
I don't know if I would qualify Wazoo as a quote-unquote bad team, but they don't lose against teams that they should absolutely mm-hmm. not lose to. So I will give Oregon that. They have really, you know, done good at dominating that over the last however many years and doing better with the narrative <laughs> that you just put out there, which, by the way, is true. It's true, okay? Um, so I, I will commend them for that. They do not play down to the to the level of competition that they are playing. So um, shouts to them sure. for, for doing that because there are some sure. teams in college. Yep. Cause there are some teams in college football that do not uh, pass that test. So, I mean, hi, I mean, gosh, how many, I mean, even this, this Saturday, there were a few where it was like, okay, I'm looking at you, you dub. Um, I mean, they won that game, but we'll get to that. I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop my rant on that before it starts. So yeah, I mean it was a it was a solid, nice Ducks win. I don't know if there's any, you know, even yesterday, Lanning was asked in his press conference, "What did you, you know, you want to learn something about your team every week? What did you learn about your team this week?" And he basically was like, "I don't know that they love each other. Like they're all celebrating each other, so that was cool." But he's like, "But I don't know if I really learned that this week, so I'm not really sure if I learned anything." And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's okay. about right. Like, <laughs> like I agree. Like they they did their jobs. They did their jobs." So- so, yeah, there's there's nothing like big and sparkly to take away from it. I I I feel like other than and we will talk about this. Right. But, but before we get game. to that, so no, yeah. well, no, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about this first. Utah's next. Now, okay. I've been on this narrative, especially on Talking Ducks, which airs on Roof Sports on Thursdays, by the way, and on YouTube, uh, that Oregon promote that. <laughs> Oregon, from my from my perspective, has shown they are that uh-huh. it's like they have a good football team. I haven't come close to necessarily putting them in the in the national spotlight in my head that this is a playoff team yet, because the playoff uh-huh. the Oregon playoff caliber teams I've covered, I believe, beat this team by a couple touchdowns, and so this if if not more, the 2014 team probably boat races this team. So they need to show that they can defeat high-end competition. The By far the best team they played was Washington, and that was a very good game. They lost. But now you have a Utah team that, one, is playing better because they've gotten healthier since they lost to Oregon State. Two, their defense is ridiculous. And this will be the first time all season that Oregon has had to deal with a team that could, in fact, truly slow down their run game and get after their quarterback, Uh right? And it's going to be on the road. So they didn't pass the UW test, but they did well enough against UW to, you know, at least say this is a a Pac-12 title contender still. But now this is a completely different animal from a defensive standpoint that their offense is going to face. And no, you know, the Texas Tech win, to me, you you barely beat a 500 team on the road. Big deal. The the Colorado win, it was hyped coming into it, but Colorado was a 21-point dog for a reason because everyone knew that they weren't all that great and they'll be lucky to be 6-6. and So they're still looking for a signature victory. And this will be a chance for them to get one. And then you still have to deal with Oregon State and USC, and you still got to go to Arizona State, which didn't look frightening until they kind of handled you double a little bit defensively. 
And we know the history of going down there, especially 2019, when a playoff berth was sort of out there for them to go get, and they stumbled at the Sun Devil. So my question for you, Brenna Green, Ducks, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Can they win this game? Well, I also just would like to add with Arizona State, hi, who's their head coach? Somebody who True. was on staff this last Jay year, uh, last season. <laughs> so he's going to know. He's going to know how to how to get Oregon where it hurts. Um, yes, I think so. I think the Ducks defense is better than what uh, I, I think. I know Oregon's defense is better than USC's defense. That's not a. That's not a question Brennan, mark you and at I this point. Could put together and a better defense I, than the USC's defense. Well, go ahead. Point taken. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that if we're going with, you know, the defenses being kind of the central focus of this game, which I, I think is, is fair to say, um, I think that, Oregon's Oregon's defense is better than Utah's offense. And I think that Oregon's offense is going to, you know, they're, they're just due for one or two big plays per game, right. if not two or three. So I think that that, and I don't think Utah's offense is at, at that level. So um, yeah, I, I feel as though that they're going to be able to go in and, and get this win. Uh, do I think it's going to be close? Do I think I'm going to do? Do I think that uh, fans are going to be clenching their their butt cheeks throughout this one? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be gritty. It's going to be tough, and the Ducks know that. And by the way, they they, they want to play to. games like that. Yeah. That's you know what Lanning's mo has been all year. So, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But um, I do feel like Oregon's. Like, you know, Oregon's offense is just more explosive than Utah's offense, and Oregon's defense is going to be able to contain that offense. Whereas I think Utah's defense will be able to mostly contain Oregon, but Oregon's offense is just—they're going to get—they're going to get a few things per game. Whereas I—I I don't know if Utah's offense is as capable. Yeah, that's of that. But we'll find out. I mean, maybe the pig farmer <laughs> goes out there and gets that it done. That is all fair. What are your thoughts? Um, and I'm—I'm I'm with you there. I. I I'm leaning Oregon right now, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure well how I'll feel at the end of the week. But, you know, in 2019 in the Pac-12 title game, Utah entered that game with, I think, the number one rushing defense in the country. They were given like 58 yards a game, I think. It's my, my recollection. And so I went into that game feeling like they were going to slow mm-hmm. down the run, get after Herbert. Utah wins that game. I think they're favored by 10. I can't remember. Something like that. And... Oregon was able to exploit something in the middle of Utah's defense where they were just running just right up the gut. And Utah didn't adjust, and the Ducks rushed for a lot of yards. Verdell had a huge game, and they won that game. So sometimes, you know, you can exploit certain things. And so this is going to be a test to see if Oregon can go into Utah and try and find a way to exploit uh, their run defense, find a weakness they can exploit. They're giving up 78 yards rushing per game, and they have 25 sacks. So that means what they're doing is they're forcing teams in a lot of unenviable passing situations, and then they're getting after their quarterback, and that's why they're allowing only 15 points per game. 
So for me, the game will just hinge completely on Oregon's ability to run the football because Bo Nix is best when he has a running game to feed off of. We've yet to see Bo Nix, mm-hmm. you know, carry the team in a big game when the, the running game isn't there. Now, I mean, we've seen him have stretches where he's carrying the team, obviously, but usually the running game has been in play to some degree. Um, so it'll be interesting. What's that? Texas Tech? Texas Tech? I mean, I have to go. He was their top rusher they, that didn't game. Did they run the ball decently? I'm checking. Yeah, go check. Go check. But, but, I, but is that I'm a big just game? thinking but is that generally a big game against in a good that opponent. That's him doing it against an inferior team yeah. that he should be able to do that against, and they had to come back to win. But hold on a sec. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just. Yeah, know. so that, so that's a, so no, that's a game where they did run well, and Bo in the second half carried him. Yeah, passing wise, but again, that's Texas Tech. But that's but and again, also running wise. Again, that, is that a big game? I mean, he is that a big game? He had a few third downs. Yeah, yeah. that's I, what I'm saying. I, I understand what you're saying yeah. in in, in so terms of that. Big, but I I still think that if we're thinking of games that Bo really carried yeah, the team had, this year, he's had it's games that one. where he's, quote unquote carried the team. I'm just saying in big games against good teams, when they're he's only played one big game. Really? He's only played in his life at Oregon. Who else? I'm talking. No, no, yeah, no, I'm, no, no, I'm saying Oregon. this year. In general. Yeah, at Oregon in general. And okay. that counts this year. You're right. Okay. He hasn't right. He hasn't okay. he's only had one big game this year. My point is he's yet to show it. We don't know if you know there's no body of work to say he can do that when he's facing a lot of second, third, and longs. That's my point. Against a really good team, not okay. a five hundred Texas tech team or there might have been a team last year they did it against. Um, you know, I mean the Oregon State game, granted he had the hurt foot, but you know, things are going south in the Oregon State game. Bo Nix didn't elevate and carry the team to just one touchdown to keep Oregon State away. Anyway, um, and don't get me wrong. I mean, the Utah game last right, year, he basically played okay, on one foot. And they won that game. They won that game. offensive touchdown, right? Because they got, a, they got a defensive touchdown in that game. Correct? You know, Which I drove me nuts after that I game. I mean, Bo Nix was courageous exact. and everything, but the defense won that game. And plus, Cam Rising was barely Cam Rising. Anyway, point being here is that if the running game is getting stuffed – and they're in a lot of second, third, and longs. Then it's going to fall on Knicks and the and the and the, the receivers to make a lot of big plays to compensate for the lack of rushing attack, which is what they did at Texas Tech. You're 100 percent right. Can they do that against a Utah defense that is, that has 25 sacks on the season? So they know how to get to the quarterback. That is going to be to me the game. If the running game's getting stuffed, uh oh. If the running game's solid, I think Oregon wins. But what Utah wants to do is they want to shrink the game, right? They want to burn clock on offense. They want to keep you from getting big plays. They want to limit possessions. They want to shorten your possessions as much as possible by shutting down that run game, getting you off the field. And they're able to do that to most teams. But can they do that to Oregon? I don't know. But if they can stop the running game, I think they can. Speaking (laughs) of the running game, Bucky Irving – you uh, you had no, some thoughts I, I, no, on Bucky. No, no, I mean, off, come on. Bucky's really good. I just saw, I saw some people saying he's the most yeah, important great. player on the team. Maybe he should be in the Heisman race, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, Bo Nix is the single most important player on the team. There's just no doubt. Bucky Irving's really good. He's 12 carries per game. He's not carrying the team. He had a really good game against Washington State, but 
at the same time, you know, some of those plays he made, it's like, yeah. He had a decent game against the, UW, the UW too. Game, I was far yeah. more impressed with that because his running inside and, and his his patience and hitting the hole and, mm-hmm. and fighting through contact and things like that. This last game, like his three biggest plays, you know, the swing pass for a touchdown. I mean, any running back in the country could score on that. No one was out there. And the guy who would have been in the best position to tackle him has back to him. <laughs> it was bizarre, a bizarre play on Washington State's part. Um, he had a nice game. He, he's 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 a real he, he's a complete back. But I've seen so many good running backs at Oregon, right? That once people start talking about most important player or Heisman or Team MVP, it's like I I'm going to be very very guarded and defensive against the players who truly attain that status by rushing for or you know rushing for 17 1800 yards 20 touchdowns producing over 2000 yards of total offense being mvp or a, a true a heisman candidate like lamichael being a first round pick like jonathan stewart um or even like kenyon barner who rushed for, i think for i think he had 2300 yards and 25 touchdowns or something like that his his senior year uh so yeah bucky irving Doing great things for the Ducks, no doubt. But any, anytime someone starts talking about any kind of all-time list, or yeah, I just my eyes glaze over. You got you got to be more of a, a you got to carry more of the load than he's been asked to do to fall into that court category for me. I I agree that he probably shouldn't he shouldn't be. Bo Nix is still the one that's the most important player on this team. And I agree that, um, yeah, he probably it should still be Bo Nix being the one pushed for the Heisman out of out of everyone. However, I, I do want to say that I think that Bucky's emotional impact on this team is something that maybe most people don't think about. Like, it's become very, very clear to me over the last two to three weeks, really two, because they had a buy before you dub um, of how Bucky has developed into more mm-hmm. of a leader on this squad. And I mean, I don't know. Did you, did you watch the cinematic recap of the game that they put out? No, last but night I heard Oregon put talking out? a lot about what you're talking about, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And they had a clip in there of Bucky, just like he had the whole team around him and or not the whole team, but like a lot of players around him. And he was like, going in and kind of giving them a speech pregame about, you know, what, what they needed to do. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, right. cause I don't see that Bucky in, in interviews, Bucky's kind of quiet in interviews. Um, uh, so I, I will say that I think that his um, emotional impact on this team is maybe more than what people realize. And um, I think that he, you know, you mentioned Dan Lanning said that, you know, there's there's nobody who plays with more heart than him and there's nobody who cares more about his teammates than him. Um, and that's a pretty that's pretty big yeah, praise from that's him. All so very important for um, sure. I think Bucky is is a huge is it's kind of an underrated leader on this team. I still think it goes Bonix, Brandon Dorless, and then everybody else. <laughs> but of those everybody else's, I think Bucky is Bucky is up there. Agreed. So Agreed. um so yeah, that's 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 kind of my thoughts on Bucky. I think that yeah, he's had a huge impact on the field, but I think he also is having a huge impact on that locker room that people might not necessarily realize, especially if you just watch his media interviews. Because let's be frank, he don't say much in those media interviews. 
Yeah. He's not he's not a talker. He's not a talker. I'm like, can you bring me more of that pregame Bucky, please? Give me give me that pregame Bucky and postgame Bucky, okay? I want to see well, that. He, well, he and the offensive Come line on, have to work out for them this week at Utah. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> now, mm-hmm. after the Oregon-Utah or Oregon-Washington game, a lot of people were like, oh, they might meet again in the Pac-12 title game. And they might. But I was like, hold on a second. Do people forget about this conference? There's likely an upset loss for one of them out there. Or, and then they, they play good teams. Washington has to do, go to USC and Oregon State. Ducks play them as well. And then Utah this week. And lo and behold, I'm coming home from the Oregon game. And I'm like, oh, I forgot. Huskies are playing tonight. So I have my son check the score in the back and on his phone. He's like, uh, they're losing. I'm like, what? <laughs> or maybe it was seven six. I can't remember. It was it was something it shouldn't have been. <laughs> That's what it was. <clears throat> and they ended up winning. They pulled it out. But man, that was a classic example of how this conference, even the, the lower level teams, some kind sometimes can rise up and cause trouble. Like I mentioned with 2019 with Arizona State. Um, even got the, the undefeated Ducks team in 2010. They almost lost at Cal that year, 15-13. Needed a punt return from Cliff Harris to pull that out. Uh, so there's still some scary dates coming up for all of these teams. But that coupled with the USC flop to Utah, what do those two events say to you, Brenna Green, about this conference and how scary things remain for the Ducks? Pac-12 was always the conference <laughs> right. of cannibalism. Like that—that's—that's that's what the Pac-12. That's what the Pac-12 in. That's why. I mean, one of the huge reasons why the Pac-12 has not been in the college football playoff the last few years because whoever the leading team is in the conference always manages to lay lay a stinker, and really? you're like, "Gosh, dang it!" No, no, no. I'm saying it's you, a part I'm, of I'm, it. I'm parroting you. I'm saying uh, you're like, really. That they lost, not really to your comment, sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm agreeing with you 100%. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and by the way, oh, that cannibalism is probably one of the main reasons why this conference is not going to be uh, this conference after next year or after this season. Um, you got a few CFP teams in there? Changes a lot of things. Um <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah i mean first of all i'm just i just i'm begging everybody um stop going for it on fourth and three in <laughs> u-dub's red zone okay like do we have enough examples now i'm both my my you know my sports producer and i were watching that game and i and we both said we both were like all right everybody's saying you know like if, you know, you only hindsight's twenty twenty, and you don't know what's going to happen and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we both said before the ball snapped, we said, we don't like this play call. They need to go for, they need <clears> to <throat> kick the field goal. And like, we don't care if they score a touchdown on this play. We both think this is bad. And lo and behold, what happens? The lone Husky touchdown of the night comes on defense. Okay. Like you couldn't have written it better. All right. Like, and I just, I just, I'm just absolutely flummoxed by the decision there when UW's offense couldn't, couldn't do anything 
all night long. Like, go for the, you know, the the best that offense was going to do was going to go down the field and hit a field goal. So why don't you kick a field goal to go up by four points? So then you're still in the lead. Anyways, rant (laughs) over. Um, I'm just so frustrated by that decision. Clearly, Um, wow. How much money you got on that game? Yeah. (laughs) I, I just, it just was... There were there were some expletives that flew after as the, as that ball was getting run down the field. That's all I gotta say. Um, and I, I wasn't the only one in the country doing that. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, USC USC is predictable, man. Everybody knew this was gonna happen. They were gonna lose to a team they probably shouldn't lose to. I mean, I don't. Yeah, they no, no, they should not be losing to a third string quarterback. Period. End of story. When you have a Heisman quarterback on the other side, that should be happening. Okay, um, and supposedly all these incredible players on defense, uh, which they have not really shown that this year. Um, but whatever. Uh, and then you know, then then you know, uh, you know, you claim yourself to be one of the one of the premier programs in the country, and then you don't put players up at the end of the game post game. So lame. Just so lame. Just pansy, <clears throat> pansy. What are we, little sisters of the so poor? Like, Even if people are upset and mad, you gotta find find two seniors who are adults and bring them out there. You know. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously the Oregon team was upset. When they lost UW, they put Bo Nix, Jeff Bossa, yeah. and Troy Franklin out there, three of their leaders. They said, all right, let's get it done. Especially um, in the days of NAIL when some of these guys are getting paid, you got to step up. You got to answer. You got to answer questions. You got yep. fans out there who pay yep. a lot of money to watch you. You got to take play. it on the chin. I don't even remember what your question was because I got so fired up <laughs> no, about you that. Answered, you answered three it. Call. It was just what, what, what this was your says question? about the conference and how, you know, up in the air things remain. You know, no one can assume much by what's happened so far and we keep being shown that every week and that holds true for this week's Oregon State at Arizona game I mean I had that penciled in as a win a while ago and now not so much Arizona's scary they barely lost to UW they just sorry yeah barely lost to UW barely lost to USC just destroyed Washington State I fear for the Beavers this week. <laughs> this is a scary game to go down there. Uh, I'm I'm going to pick the Beavers to win, but this is by no means the given I thought it was a month ago. What say you? Yeah, it felt a month ago. It felt like oh, that's a nice game to come off of with a out of a bye week. Like oh, kind of nice little. Nice little like reintroduction, you know, and then keep going. And now it kind of feels like, oh man, maybe you wish you had a, you know, you were coming off of a win going into that one and had some momentum. Um, cause you know, have the week off is like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe you kind of need that, like that, that juice a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think they still win. Um, I think Oregon state's, you know, Oregon state's defense is, they haven't been at the level that they were last year, but they're still pretty good and i think that they're gonna they'll they'll be able to take care of business down there um it is a really interesting team with game. the fact that they've got a pack 12 at dark oh it could it could be very similar yeah, to that Pac-12 washington state dark. game they lost 38 35 you know i think it's gonna be close and it's gonna come down to something that's my new thing when games come down to something like something you can't predict yeah a block Game something, something. A miss All right, something, that's very specific. A, a crazy fumble, going for it on fourth down three times, you know, something. 
that you can't predict. That X's and O's have nothing to do with. It's just going to be kids being kids, playing football, and something's going to happen. And so that's sort of where I see this. But yeah. you know, Oregon State, then they got at, at Colorado, sorry, Stanford, they should win that. And then you got, you end with Washington and Oregon. Tough, tough road. They should. They should win those uh, that Colorado hey, again, the Colorado what game. What should got to do with it in this conference? Okay. They should, <laughs> and Colorado should have beat should have beat Stanford. Should got to <laughs> do exactly got to do with it. But I yeah, I said this from the get go. All I want <laughs> is I want that Oregon Oregon State game to have Pac twelve title game birth on the line for both teams. That's my dream. That's my dream. I mean, it's it's still it's, it's much, still a possibility. It's very much a possibility still as long a possibility. as Oregon State doesn't stumble these next two weeks on the road. Well, and yeah, and Oregon course. doesn't yeah, stumble either. Too. I mean, you know, we already talked about how I think they might stumble. Yeah, they. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I mean, Oregon Oregon beats Utah. That's two losses for Utah. That's going to be tough for them to come back right. from. Um. And then you just got to hope that you got to – USC is going to fumble <laughs> another time. They're going to. So, I mean, no, I mean, they should anyway. Um, so, you, you got that. And then, yeah, I mean, then, then that kind of clears the runway a little bit. So, um, so, yeah, this game is actually pretty big in terms of – this week, this week, this Oregon Utah game is actually pretty big in terms of setting right. that up down the road. All so, right, what should we talk about next? We shall see what happens, but yeah, gosh. Well, uh, Blazer season starts tomorrow. That's something. What? Yeah, what it does. Game? I know. Oh, snap. LA. Oh, I got to check into my flight to LA tomorrow. <laughs> I was gonna say at least you get a nice warm trip out of I'm it, right? In day of flying in early, the ne- flying back early the next day. They got Orlando on Friday in their home opener. Uh, so we talked a lot about this team mostly over the summer and around Damien, and we've talked about the team since then. You know, after four preseason games, after a bunch of availability following games, excuse me, following practices, I actually have more hope for this team to be solid than I did going into preseason. And I don't know if it's just me trying to convince myself so I can, you know, psych myself up for the season. Be interested. But while I still don't believe they're going to reach the postseason and that clearly their number one goal is development – you know, guys Guys still want to win. You know, Anthony Simon says, I want to make the playoffs. And, and they're going to play to try and win. But I kind of – I like the idea for this team that <clears throat> now sort of the cloud of will they build a winner around Damian Lillard before his prime runs out is gone. Yeah. That pressure is gone. Mm-hmm. And so now for the first time yeah. – and I'm running about this in my preview – for the first time since the 2012-13 season, which was Damian's rookie season, there's not even really necessarily a uh, hope to make 
the postseason. That that second season of his was like, okay, maybe they can do it this year, and they did. They got in the playoffs, and they went eight straight years. And all that time, it was an expectation to go to the playoffs, except for 2015-16, which they surprised everybody. And then these last few years, it's been this desperation thing because Dame's prime is running out. But now it's kind of like there's not that expectation. They're, they're pick, you know, their over-under is 28 wins. Uh, you know, the players in Chauncey say they want to win, they want to win, but develop, development's more important, which means you're going to, you know, you're going to concede certain things. Like Scoot Henderson is not the best point guard on this team. He's the third best point guard on this team behind mm. Simons and Brogdon. But he's going to start because they're developing. But Chauncey made it clear that, hey, if he's struggling, I'm going to take him out and play Brogdon more. Late in games, if the game's on the line, Scoot may come out and Brogdon's going to be in there for it because he's a 30-year-old veteran guy mm-hmm. who's been on good teams, been on contenders, and was sixth man of the year last year. And so it's just going to be interesting to see how it all comes together and – my five things that sort of must happen for them to shock everybody were obviously you got to fix the damn defense, which I think is possible. You have some good defense players on this team. Aiden's got to rise up and elevate his play. Finally. We'll know if Aiden wants to be an all-star or if he's just cool being 18 and 10 and calling it good. Uh, Ant's got to fill Dame's shoes. Scoot's got to play. Obviously, he's going to be inconsistent, but at least be on a player, or excuse me, a rookie of the year uh, pace. And then... What was my last one? Ant defense. Oh, the uh, oh Brogdon and um, Robert Williams give them the better, way better bench than they had last year. Those guys have to remain with the team, <laughs> meaning Crony can't trade them at the trade deadline to get draft picks or before. Because if you lose those two, the bench is just decimated because you have too many kids on the bench, and then you're just done. Uh, so right, they trade just, those. We over. know what's going um, on. So if all five of those things happen, they're in the play. Like they're they're in the playoffs. If three of those things happen, they're going to be in the mix for the play-in at the end, I believe. And by in the mix, I mean, you know, a couple teams are going to have injuries and fall off. You went, like last year, I think the play-in was the last, the 10th place team was 40 and 42. It's conceivable, though, that it could be 37 wins that gets you in or whatever. So if all those things come together, if this team gels in three months later, they're they're still within striking distance, who knows what will happen? My money's still on them not doing it. But I do think there's a possibility, and I like the fact that there's this team is going into the season with no pressure. They can just let it all hang loose, play fun, play fast, get to know each other, grow as a team without the burden of trying to get Damian into contention. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> they they have nice pieces. It's not like this is a it's not like this is a, a tanking team where it's like, God, there's right. just nobody on this roster. You know, there's there's a really nice, really Three nice players on this roster. Were on contenders just, last year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> so, no, it's not nothing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I there there is a world in which they shock everybody. There is also a world in which they live, in which they play to the way people think they're going to play to. So. There's, you know, look, if you're around a team during the preseason and there's bad vibes already, let me tell you, it ain't going to go well. I love when you, um, when you go. So the vibes are good right slang. now. <laughs> I do it. I do it too. When I have to make a, when I have to emphasize a point. You got to go full slang. Um, no, you, you, but you're, but you're right yeah. though. Like yeah, the vibes are know. good, right? I mean. Yeah. 
They're great. Yeah. Everybody seems very happy. Exactly. Check back in with us in a month. They're still going to be happy. And that's what Brogdon talked about. He said, hey, one of the best, one of the most important things we need to do is fight through adversity as a team and stay together when adversity adversity hits. And it's probably going to hit. And I mentioned briefly, 2015-16, that team, the over-under on that team was 23 wins. They built that team to lose. They wanted to tank that year. And they were, I think, 10-21 and at one Mm -hmm. point. The tanking was looking good. And then all of a sudden, things clicked. And they started winning. And then there was a stretch from end of January to early March where I think they went like 18-4. and It's crazy. I went back and looked at the schedule and you see like, all the L's, L's, and all of a sudden there's this long stretch of W's. You're like, yeah. it just reminded you of how that team caught fire and won 44. They won almost twice as many games as their over-under, which is unheard of. And then they won a first-round series against the Clippers. Granted, Blake Griffin and CP3 got hurt in that series, but still. So this team went from some people, yeah. a lot. I mean, if you have a line of 23, that means it stays there. That means a lot of people are betting under 23. So it went from a line where people were betting under 23 wins to winning 44 and a first round playoff series. Amazing. That those things happen. So is this and I think this team has more hidden talent and gems than that team did, although that team CJ blew up that year. So anything can happen. You know, I, I'm I'm as a person covering the team, I'm hoping that they're at least within a striking distance of the play-in come, you know, February, you know, just with, you know, four or five games back, maybe, you know, so that's just to make it a little interesting. But if they're not, then there's still going to be a lot of great storylines. Scoot's development, Sharp's development, Ant's growth, because he burst into an all-star caliber player, Aiton, as I talked about. So it should be interesting nonetheless. Are you jacked up? <laughs> hey, you know. I'm trying. Oh, let myself get... I'll let myself get, you know, to, well, you want to know what (laughs) you, you know, you you talk about teams that, uh, you know, a team that, you know, had a kind of remarkable turnaround. The Timbers almost did it, but, uh, they didn't quite pull it off. They, (laughs) oh, you know, if you don't follow the Timbers, boy, did they have an interesting Saturday. (laughs) Um, they, I mean, first of all, you know, the fact that they were even in the mix for the playoffs after Uh they fired their head coach two months ago is pretty remarkable. Like they were not playing well. I think they won uh, minus their last two games before their last two games. They, they won or drew their last eight games, which is pretty remarkable. That's pretty great. Then they lost their final two. Granted, especially that last one against the Houston Dynamo, who is, uh, by the way, the team that also caused their head coach to get fired. That's the team that scored five goals on them and Gio got fired. And then they won. They were, they were up three, nothing. And it was kind of, it was a done deal at that point. Timber scored a goal, but it was, they, nobody, everybody knew they weren't going to come back from being down three, zero. So they lost three, one. The Timbers had six different scenarios in which they could six? have made the playoffs. Jeez. One. Yeah. Yes, six. They entered the day in seventh place. Nine teams make it. They entered the day in seventh place. One, simply win. Okay? Two, they draw. Um, and then San Jose. Let's see here. Yes, yeah, San Jose or Austin. Or, so if, if the San Jose Earthquakes um, 
drew draw however you say that i don't even know against austin um they would make it if the timbers uh had a draw against the dynamo or had this is another scenario for draw and fc dallas had a draw against the la galaxy the timbers would also make the playoffs uh, if the Timbers lost and the Earthquakes lost to Austin, they would make the playoffs. If the Timbers lost and FC Dallas lost to Galaxy, they would make the playoffs. Or if Kansas City, or if they lost and Kansas City and Minnesota United drew, they would also make the playoffs. What happened, my fine friends? The Timbers lost. San Jose won. FC Dallas won, and Kansas City won. I believe it was Kansas City that won. Um, so, yeah, that's how they got knocked out of the playoffs. The perfect storm. It was very fascinating because uh, Google does – Google has uh, standings for the MLS mm-hmm. updated in real time depending upon the scores of games. Oh, really? So, you know, I log in there, and it says – it puts Blazers <laughs> – or Blazers, Timbers and 10. And I was like – whoa shoot everything's going wrong and boy was it and that was at halftime and that held like nobody it didn't change everybody did kind of did their part so or at least maybe san jose no no san jose won yeah um so yeah um Quite a Saturday for them. They don't make the playoffs. Very interested to see what happens in their head coaching search now. Um, do they stay inside the organization and keep with Miles Joseph, who did you know lead a remarkable turnaround? Uh, they did you know sputter in the final two games, um, or do they go outside? So that's going to be a very interesting uh, thing to follow the next you know few weeks. I would say that they probably have a head coach within the next two to three weeks i would imagine um so that'll be that'll be fascinating to watch and follow but um yeah just an all-out uh implosion um everything that could go wrong went wrong for them so i mean not many times you end you start the day in seventh (laughs) and end the day in tenth it's a pretty significant fall (laughs) so yeah that's also the second straight year that the timbers uh if they won their final game, they would have gone to the playoffs in both years. And they stumbled. Both years, they lose their final game. Oh, well. So, I know yeah, that you're yeah. not a big Timbers guy, but I thought that it was uh, something I, we should probably I talk about because it's uh, that's pretty that's pretty remarkably <laughs> bad. Uh, so, and I understand they were taking on a very difficult team in their last game. Um, but and I and you know there's some things out of their control. I mean, I guess it technically was within their control because they could have won some more games earlier or whatever, or not, you know, draw or won a game here or there that wasn't a draw and, and not you know draw. But um, yeah, I mean, that's it's interesting. There, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting off season over okay. there. Let's put it that way. I'm, I'm very fascinated to see where fascinated to see where they take this head coaching decision because they they have two very different options and I'm interested to see how this All unfolds. Right. Last moving on to yeah. the Blazers again yeah. before There's we my... get to Taylor Swift. Last night the Blazers held their second annual media mixer where the media comes and hangs out with members of the 
the franchise. Uh, Joe Cronin was there. Bill Ups didn't show, though, and a few others were there. Um, but they, surprisingly, Joe Becker was there, who was retired, but he showed up. Maybe they encouraged him to come because he was presented with a framed jersey, Blazers jersey, with Becker on the back and the number 39 marking his 39 years in broadcasting in the Portland market alone. And I was in high school when, I guess when Joe Becker got here. Um, and I remember, you know, he was one of the faces cause back then you didn't, you didn't have all the avenues to watch sports highlights, especially high school highlights, but yeah. you had your, you know, you had your local sports uh, cast. And so I remember, Gosh, watch, watch Joe Becker forever. And then, of course, working uh, at, at events, um, not with him on the same in the same entity, but, you know, alongside of him. So that was always pretty cool. But it was an awesome gesture by the Blazers, especially <clears throat> with a staff that they haven't been here <laughs> for Joe Becker's reign. I mean, Cronin's yeah. been around a long time, though. So, but uh, it was really cool. He was stoked. He was so stoked. Like, he was so happy. And later in the night, um, I was talking with Amanda and Maggie who work for the team in the PR department. And, uh, Joe said, do you think anyone's ever worn 39? And I'm like, I can't imagine it that someone has, it's not a very sexy number. <laughs> it's not, you know, you're dealing with, it's not like football where you have a, you know, and even the NFL, you got like 60 guys coming practice yeah. squad. So you only, you know, it's got 15 probably. So how many are going to actually ever pick 39? And Maggie made the point, well, it could be something sentimental. Yeah, I go, yeah, maybe. But I'm, I'm saying there's no way there's more than there's over five and it might be zero. And then Amanda looked it up and sure enough, zero. No one's ever won number 39. So Joe was even more excited. I'm like, well, shoot, they should just retire it. <laughs> but really cool frame jersey, like I said. Uh, and man, guys like Joe and, and, Dwight James have just been a part of the, you know, Kerry Eggers, who's retired now, just been a part of the media landscape in this town for decades and just reported and covered on so many different things. And, you know, it's just cool to see the Blazers, uh, you know, honor, honor him like that. That was nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Joe, Great I mean, guy too. Nicest, uh, nicest Joe, guy Joe, ever. Joe, he called me last night yes. to, I guess I tweeted out a photo of him with the Jersey uh, and Rasan gathers the uh, head yeah. of their, their team side media stuff. And he asked me if he could screenshot it to send it to someone. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, Joe, that's my personal property and you get it out. But that's just how nice of a guy. He's like, oh, I just wanted to check. But no, just a great, a great human being, great guy. And uh, yeah, I, mean, I hope he comes to some games just for the heck of it. Because, you know, it'd be nice to have him around. I'll miss him. Yeah. No, Joe, I mean... Joe has been um, broadcasting in this yeah. market longer than I've been yeah. alive. So, I mean, he's uh, he's certainly an institution around here. And he could have obviously, you know, to me, um, he could have, you know, I mean, I, I'm the new kid on the block. I, he, he doesn't need to be nice to me if he doesn't want to be. And he's always been yeah. um, great to me. So, um yeah, very, very appreciative of that and uh, appreciative to say that at least for one year, one year, I worked That's in right. the same market That's as right. Joe Becker. So, Okay, so while that was cool yeah. to see and a nice gesture, something that's not always cool to see, but I get it, is Taylor Swift. 
all over the place. He's so over, over it. Especially, he's you know, it's one thing she's so doing her Eras tour it. and, you know, in the entertainment world, but now she's infiltrated the football world and it's just become madness. And I'm not saying I don't get it. I'm not even saying I'm necessarily against it. I'm just over it. And yeah, it's a get off my lawn moment. And I'm the old man yelling at a cloud. I get it. But the, these, and I, I on Instagram, I've come across videos sort of mocking the entire thing. And now I have to send them to you every time I get them. <laughs> a few you've laughed at, a couple you seem semi-offended by. But uh, no, you were never offended? Okay, I'm not, okay, good. I'm not offended you're, you're by keep going. Um, Anyway, so uh, <laughs> do you have a new spin on the Taylor Swift thing? And by the thing, I mean she's dating well, you Kansas know, City tight end I, Travis Kelsey and put Kelsey on the map, allegedly. <laughs> Continue. Look, if you're listening this deep into the podcast, you know what the thing is. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, we don't we don't we don't need to go any further. Um, you know, while you have been talking, I've been trying to find this stat on how much. There we go. Honestly, there it I'm is. While you're talking about um, Oh, I'm so sorry for hate, you. Hate, hate, hate. Shake it yeah. up. Shake it up. Um, uh, uh, shake it up. I have that. My, I have that in my Spotify, by the way. Um, you don't. That's the jam. I'm mocking. I'm mocking the whole thing now. I'm like, that's the jam. What are you talking about? All right, go ahead. Um. Okay. Here's the stat. In the four games Taylor Swift has been in attendance, T- Travis Kelsey is averaging 108 receiving yards per game. The game she was not, he was averaging 46 and a half. So she's carrying the squad. So, you, yeah, I mean, this is all her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, post game, Andy Reid said, he said, Taylor can come around as much as she wants. It seems to be working out quite well. <laughs> is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, he did. He said that. Like along those lines, you know, like, oh, Taylor Swift can, yeah, Taylor Swift can keep coming. Like, this is, this is working. <laughs> working for me. Um, so, I mean, you know, at least, like, I'm just thankful that we don't have to deal with all the dumb narratives that, and, and at some point it is going to come. It's going to come. He's going to have a bad game and there's going to be this narrative out there that's super stupid that's like, oh, is this Taylor Swift's fault? It's not Taylor Swift's fault. You know what? <laughs> you know what would be really funny, though, is if that narrative gets out there when she goes on tour oh, in November. Oh, that's right. She's got to go um, to Europe, right? Or no, Asia? No, it's not South America. South America. No, she's going to. How do I know that? South How America. How do I know that? So Jeez. <laughs> I think I might have said it to you last week, to, to be completely fair. Um, so when she goes on tour to South America for a few weeks, she's not going to be here. And I. <laughs> I'm actually going to laugh my butt off if he has a bad game without her there. I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, are they going to come out and say this is Taylor Swift's fault? Um, Because, you know, I'm just waiting for the bad game that he does have when she's there. And they're going to come out and say that it's her fault, which is ridiculous. Okay, redonkulous, ridiculous. But, you know, that's what being a female (laughs) in this world is all about. Um, so uh, I don't see I don't see female athletes having bad games and having it getting well, blamed on their boyfriends. Um, but you know what's going to happen in this situation. Timberlake, it might be. Just saying. Maybe. All right, full disclosure. I know I kind of make fun of this, but um, 
I drafted Kelsey in the first round in my fantasy draft. So, Taylor, girlfriend, you Ooh. keep going to those games. As a matter of fact, in between your concert shows in South America, I need you to just fly to the game. Even if you have a concert that night, you can do it. You actually have a special jet that'll get you back and forth real quick because you're helping out my team. So I'm with it. <laughs> let's 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 look at these uh, concert dates and if uh, when they fall. I mean, I'm sure one of them. I'm sure there's ones on Saturdays. Let's see here. Um, okay, let's 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 see here. The Eras Tour. Here we go. Um, oh, she has one. Wait, no, that's 2024. Okay, sorry, I'm looking at 2024, not 2023. I gotta look uh, at the international mm-hmm, dates, please. baby. Please, that's what we're looking at. Um, all right, Thursday, November 9th, Friday, November 10th, mm-hmm. Saturday, November 11th, break. Friday, November 17th, Saturday, November 18th, Sunday, November 19th. Now, I do know that there is also a game in there in which the Chiefs play in Frankfurt oh, at some so point. So, so I'll, I'll sit Kelsey that week. <laughs> that might, that might not Kelsey be that, possible. That I'll start um, <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, that's November 5th. So she, there's, that's, that's before, let's see, that is before she goes to, uh, before she goes to uh, South America, but I don't think she's going to be making the trip to Frankfurt before going to South America. Like that seems like a little, yeah, a little much. So probably our last shot at Taylor Swift. Will Taylor Swift go to Denver for the Broncos Mm. game next week? Hmm. That's October 29th. And then, yeah, the uh, Chiefs play again on November 20th. So I don't think she'll make that one either because that's – oh, wait, that's a Monday night game? It's a Monday night game. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she pulls the swing from uh, <laughs> Brazil to, uh, there you to go. Kansas City. That'd be a lot. All right. <laughs> but, hey, it actually kind of all works. We will uh, be sure on the Oregonian Sports Podcast to uh, keep you up to date on Taylor Swift, Swift's travels and – how they oh, impact that's all the everybody Kansas comes City here for, I'm sure. Team. Anyway, we're going to escape escape on that note because <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening to the Oregonian Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our subtext feature where you can receive insider content from myself, Bill Ormar, columnist, and other reporters. I promise you we will not subtext you about Taylor Swift, you have that in writing. I'm writing, I'm air writing right now. All you have to do is text 503-386-0095 and you will receive a link that you can click and start your two-week trial. Thanks for listening. Click that subscribe button to this podcast and leave us a positive rating. Also, we're starting to post these podcasts on or through video on YouTube, our YouTube channel on on uh, well on YouTube, the Oregon on YouTube. So you can find this, and you can actually see us, and you can see all the times that Brenda rolls her eyes when I say something she doesn't like, and vice versa. It's 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 an added feature to this show that you must you must enjoy. It is. So thanks for listening. We'll be we'll be back soon.